0: I hope that you will allow me a a short little indulgence this morning. In January and February of 2019, Cheryl and I were very privileged to fulfil a dream that we had had for over 40 years. So these things do sometimes happen, don't they? You can dream for something for a long time. We went to Israel. And on Thursday, the 31st of January 2019, oh, by the way, this is my diary. Whenever we take any trip, I I usually do a diary. And uh, I I figure that in my dotage, in my old age, my. Grandchildren or great-grandchildren can read it to me when I can't read it enough myself. But on the 31st of January 2019, we were in Jerusalem and I wrote this. We awoke to another beautiful day in Jerusalem. The expected top is 14 degrees centigrade. Today we spent the whole day walking in and around the old city following the footsteps of Jesus. The view of the eastern wall from the Mount of Olives was amazing. As we looked across the Kidron Valley, the sun was shining on the dome of the rock. We could see the golden gate of the eastern wall, which had been bricked shut. Below us, and before the Kidron Valley, the Mount of Olives is no longer a mount of olive trees. To the sides is a lot of housing and apartment buildings, while in front and below us there were thousands of graves, both old and new. All the olive trees have been removed so that people could be buried with their feet facing Jerusalem. The idea is that when the Messiah comes, they will rise to life again and stand facing Jerusalem. To then walk down across the valley into the city. In one small area below us and to our right, there was a walled area which is the Garden of Gethsemane, which means the Garden of the Olive Press. We walked down a narrow, steep road. That is the road that the Lord Jesus took. Past the entrance to the graveyards and toward the entrance to the garden of Gethsemane. Once inside the garden, we had a time of quiet reflection before walking among the olive trees. We were told that some of them are well over a thousand years, possibly even as old as 2,000 years. Across the road from the entrance to the Garden of Gethsemane is the Church of All Nations, also known as the Church of the Agony. Just a little reflection. I'd like to read also from Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, 1 to 11. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks... Why are you doing this? Tell him. The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway, and they untied it. Some people standing there asked, What are you doing, untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Having been there kind of makes this reading a little bit more special. I've entitled today's message, The Wisdom of the Journey to Jerusalem. But really, was it a smart thing to do? Was it wise? Well, as we read the record of the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus into Jerusalem, we should note that it is only one of ten events in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus that are recorded in all four Gospels. Did you know that? There are only ten events in the life and ministry of Jesus that all four Gospel writers record, and this is one of them. That kind of makes it very special. As we would expect, all four Gospel writers wrote their Gospels with a different focus or underlying theme. I remember many years ago there was a a car accident and uh, the police were interviewing the people and from that side the, the witness said one thing, from that side the witness said another thing, from that side another thing, from that side another thing. It all depends from where you stand of how you understand and view the event. So all four Gospel writers had a different focus or underlying theme. Matthew's focus was on what Jesus said and he portrayed the Lord Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. Mark's focus was on what Jesus did and so he revealed the Lord Jesus as the servant of God. Luke's focus was on what Uh, was on what Jesus thought and a little bit what Jesus might have felt. And as such, he revealed Jesus as the Son of Man, which is a prophetic title. Finally, John's focus was on who Jesus was. And so he presented the Lord as the Son of God, a kingly title with divine authority. And with this understanding, we can glimpse the importance that all four gospel writers saw in this event of the Lord's journey to Jerusalem. However, we don't think and live in the first century. And so much of what we see and read today is filtered through our 21st century values and understanding of life. Is that not true? We view everything today through our current filter of understandings. And so we must ask the question from our perspective and our understanding of today how smart and how wise was it for Jesus? to journey to Jerusalem, especially when he knew that the authorities were trying to find ways to trap him and to destroy him. How smart was it? We only need to read passages such as Matthew 26, Luke 22 and John 11 to clearly see that Jesus' very life was in jeopardy Prior to his coming to Jerusalem, how wise was it for the Lord Jesus to so, to so visibly ride on a donkey and attract so much public attention, especially when he could have simply entered into Jerusalem quietly and, well, even in disguise? Why did he have to make it so public and so much in the face of the authorities? Well, let me ask you this question. If this was your son or daughter, what would be your advice to them? Would you say to them, go for it! Show the authorities that you can't be pushed around or intimidated or bullied. Be prepared to walk into the lion's den and don't let them intimidate or hinder you in your work. Is that what you'd say to your son or daughter? Or would you advise them? Stay clear for a while. Don't antagonise or inflame the situation. You're doing a great work uh, of of job and uh, in your job and lives of many people that are being transformed. Your teachings and miracles are having a huge impact on the life of the nation. And these old fuddy-duddies in the Sanhedrin are more concerned with their own positions of power and privilege than they are about your kingdom work. Son, daughter look, just continue your work in in the countryside and in time you win over the cities. How many of you would advise the former, go for it, don't let them bully you? Hands up those who think that that's how you would advise. None, all right. Hands up those who would say, oh no, just pull back, just be quiet, just bide your time and... Oh, yes, yes. You want to know something? The first service was almost identical. (laughs) Oh, goodness. You know, so often when we look at the record of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus, we fall into the trap of judging him and his actions purely from a human perspective. and so often from a 21st century framework. We fail to appreciate that Jesus' humanity was lived in a first century Middle Eastern context. We look at the issues and the circumstances that he faced and think of what we would do based on our own human values and reasoning. We judge him based on our sense of decision-making, our sense of fairness, our sense of responsibility, and our sense of the importance of life itself. Is that reasonable? And is it right? Should we be judging Jesus that way? So, why did the Lord Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey knowing that it would inflame or further inflame the passions of the authorities and endanger his life? Why would he do this? Was it an act of hubris? Was he simply being defiant against the ruling authorities, was it an attempt to start a revolution to claim his heritage of the throne of David and establish a new world order? You know, over the last 30 years, there have been a number of theologians who have thought that, who have judged the actions of Jesus that he was a socio-political revolutionary to overthrow the powers at the time, and they reckon he failed. That's their thinking. It tells you a little bit more about those theologians than it does about Jesus. Now, while that, that idea may seem a little bit plausible and reasonable to some, because after all, we are only human it so often means that we miss the key point of what motivated and directed all the thoughts and actions of the Lord Jesus. While he was wholly human, sharing with us in the frailties of our human body and subject to the same thoughts and feelings that confront many of us in life, the Lord Jesus was also holy, divine. Having a clear understanding of the greater picture and the purposes of God. So often, we look at and evaluate situations and circumstances from our own very narrow perspectives. What we may judge as prudent or wise in the now, may not always accord with God's greater purposes and plans because God is not constrained by time as we are. God alone can see what is to be because he is the author not only of our past and present but also our future. As the Lord Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and allowed all the people to break out in songs of praise and adoration to God, he was not thinking solely about himself or his humanity at that moment in time. His thoughts were not being governed by his human inclinations. Jesus was totally focused on the divine purpose of his mission. The people around him and before him were an oppressed people. They were oppressed by the military might and power of the Roman Empire that had enslaved and impoverished them. They were oppressed by a religious system that was more intent on form and ritual and animal sacrifice. It was a system that had failed and failed miserably to encourage the people to develop a vital prayer and faith relationship with the one true true creator God, with the one who had a history of leading them of caring for them, of providing for them, of loving them as his own special people. They'd not been taught that, except by Jesus. When any entering Jerusalem on this special day, it was the Lord's divine mission to open the hearts and the minds of the people that they may know and understand that he is the long-awaited promised Messiah to rescue and save them not from, but for a right relationship with God Almighty. Jesus didn't come to save us from something. He came to save us for We need to remember that. The wisdom of the journey to Jerusalem was encapsulated in the purposes of God that the Lord Jesus would give his very life as a ransom for our sin. As we read in Matthew 20 and Mark 10, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. When the Lord Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he drew the battle lines because it was time. It was time. This was the God moment. He was in a battle for you and for me. This was his divine mission. This was his divine purpose. And in the previous years of his ministry, the Lord Jesus had revealed the will and the purposes of God to those who would listen and to those who would learn. While his signs and his miracles were amazing, especially for those who were the objects of God's healing in their lives. It was the teachings and the personal revelations of the Lord Jesus that opened the way for many to learn what it meant to truly live lives of holiness and righteousness dedicated to the will of God. In entering into Jerusalem as he did, the Lord Jesus gave those who were hungering after a closer walk with God the opportunity to declare and rejoice in their decision for God. There would be no more avoidance, no more sitting on the fence. This was decision day the people were either on the streets rejoicing and singing praises to God or they were watching from a distance with suspicion and disdain. And the question has to be asked, if you had have lived in that time, where would you have been? Out on the streets or watching from the windows. For those who joyously sang the praises of God, did they fully understand the will and the purposes of God and the mission of the Lord Jesus toward the cross of Calvary? Did they understand that? Of course not. Do we ever fully understand the will and purposes of God before the final revelation? Of course not. What is important is whether we're prepared to step out in faith, to trust God and respond to his calling based on our limited and imperfect understandings. I've had people say to me over the years in ministry, ah, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough yet to make a decision for Jesus. And my response is, will you ever be good enough? Will you ever know enough? It's not about goodness and knowledge. It's about stepping out in faith. Here I am, Lord, use me. Unfortunately, as it was so, as it was then, so it is today, there are those who choose not to trust in God, but instead to trust in their own thinking and reasoning. They only rely on what they can see, taste, touch, Smell and hear. And only in the here and now. They trust in the reasoning of their own minds and in the work of their own hands. And they say, look at what I have made by my own power and might. Just as King Nebuchadnezzar said, in Daniel 4.30, just prior to his fall from power. There are many people who live only by their own reasoning in the here and now and they have no answers for the future. As the Lord Jesus drew close to Jerusalem, he looked at its solid imposing and seemingly impenetrable walls, and he saw what the people could not see. He wept for the people of Jerusalem, as he said in Luke 19, verse 42. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Oh, brothers and sisters, the wisdom of the journey to Jerusalem can only be understood by those who understand who the Lord Jesus really is. In both his humanity and his divinity, he knew who he was, he knew what lay in the future, and he understood the importance and the significance of this journey. Not only for himself, but also for those who trusted in God's salvation. As we read in Mark 10, verses 33 to 34, the Lord Jesus said these words to his disciples. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And after the third day, he will rise again. Jesus knew his mission. Jesus knew his purpose. The wisdom of the Lord Jesus is vested in his divine obedience. And as we now know, his humanity was also vested in his willingness to endure all things for your sake and for mine. In order to fulfill the purposes of God Almighty. Today, so often we use the word wisdom when what we really mean is our flawed human intelligence. True wisdom is only understood when one has the heart and the mind of God and one can only have this as God reveals it through his Holy Spirit. Some of the greatest journeys and challenges in life can only be faced when we seek the Lord God in faith and prayerfulness and dare to step out in obedience to his revealed will and purpose for our very being. In Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, we not only see obedience, courage, and determination, but also the revelation of the wisdom of God. Today, may we learn the lessons from Jesus and dare to apply them in our own lives. May we dare to not be persuaded by the philosophies of the world around us. But look to God's word. Look to the example of Jesus himself and dare to follow him. May we dare to step out of our comfort zones and walk the walk that God has called us to take, may our actions not just be focused on the here and the now, but may our very being and actions reflect the revealed will and purposes of God. To him be the glory always. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, as you entered into Jerusalem on that narrow road, which at times is rather steep, what it must have been is a spectacle. But you were not swayed by that. You were not swayed by the clamouring of the crowds. For, Lord, you knew the purpose for which you had come, And you knew knew that this road led to the cross. Lord, may we have that same courage and determination and conviction to follow you today as you had then to fulfil the will of your Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray that we will not juggle our lives with the world trying to please everybody, but that we will take our stand for you. And in season and out of season, in morning and afternoon, at all times, in all places, may we have the courage to be the people you have called us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.